Section 7 of the Universal Religion, Baha'ism, Its Rise and Social Import. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Nicholas James Bridgewater. The Universal Religion, Baha'ism, Its Rise and Social Import, by Hippolyte Dreyfus Barney, Section 7. Constantinople. The reception accorded to Baha'u'llah in the Ottoman capital was far more hospitable than that which could have been expected on account of the order which had forced him to leave Baghdad, or from the Shiite clergy themselves, through whose hostility it had been inspired. The government received him with those marks of particular veneration which, in the East, are shown to all those who have devoted themselves to the spiritual life. Houses were placed at the disposal of himself and his family, and soon the majority of the important persons in the town came to visit him. His disciples found lucrative occupations and trades in the bazaar. Many of them even became Ottoman subjects, hoping by this means to definitely escape the formidable ill-will of the Persian authorities. Strong in their liberty, they continued to such an extent to make converts around them that the Shaykhul Islam uneasy at appearing to consent tacitly to the propagation of a movement which he could only consider as subversive persuaded the sultan to send baha'u'llah still farther away from his native country and to let him live in adrianople on the northern frontiers of the empire adrianople Baha'u'llah had only remained four months at Constantinople, and at the end of 1864 he arrived at the capital of eastern Rumelia, where he was to stay for nearly five years. He profited by this sojourn in Europe to enter into close relationship with the West, to which his mission had long been directed. There he drew up his famous Suratul Muluk, containing letters to the sovereigns or ministers of state of europe and america which has been described and analyzed by baron rosen in the bulletin de l'institut oriental de saint petersburg and also by professor e g brown in the journal of the royal asiatic society he wrote to the pope to queen victoria to the king of prussia to napoleon the third etc asking them for their cooperation in his effort to make his ideas of fraternity and universal peace triumph by which the happiness and progress of the world were to be assured this step was necessary for it was time the ministers of state should abandon their negligence and their comfortable indolence in order to think a little about their unhappy subjects who were vegetating in misery and suffering kings he said are the representatives of god on earth 
in so far as in them are to be found the divine attributes of power strength and authority consequently it is their duty to make known the attributes of mercy goodness and providence by watching over the moral education of the nations let them arise then to proclaim aloud their adherence to the divine manifestation which alone can assure the success of their reign and the prosperity of their countries history does not tell us how some of these letters were received but the prophecies therein contained have made them celebrated thus in eighteen sixty eight he announced to napoleon the third the approaching fall of his empire and to the pope the loss of his temporal power thus the leader of those few hundred persians who for the past twenty years had borne with the opprobrium and persecutions of the clergy and governors of islam feeling himself strong enough and sufficiently imbued with the certainty of being the instrument chosen by god to spread his word did not fear to address himself all at once in the middle of the nineteenth century to the europe of voltaire and of the revolution events decided in his favour not that the sovereigns whom he addressed answered to his call by leading their people to accept bahaism but because the ideas expressed by him responded to the contemporary attitude of mind and therefore recruited adepts from amongst all those who were in any way interested in the progress of humanity since then on the boundless field that he opened up to their generous activity people of all religions and even those who have never belonged to any church have been able to unite in common effort towards upholding human fellowship great encouragement however was not forthcoming from amongst the persian community that had followed him from baghdad we have mentioned how at the time of the proclamation of the Rezvan, a certain number of babis frightened at seeing their religion losing its purely islamic character hesitated in following baha'u'llah in his work of unification one of his step-brothers named subh azal who in the bab's time had held certain authority in the rising community but who since their exile had never taken the least initiative urged on by ambition to claim also a preponderant part in the affairs grouped around himself a small number of conservatives who could not follow the evolution caused by baha'u'llah's ideas and in the very face of this ardent baha'ism which was courageously attempting the conquest of the world he wished to represent what he considered to be the pure doctrine of the bob and which he tried to spread by means of involved commentaries which more often obscured than elucidated the master's thought his attempt was beforehand doomed to failure in consequence of that law of nature 
which decrees that everything must progress and that things only exist by incessantly evolving and perfecting themselves even amongst the shiite mussulmans of whom alone his band of followers was composed he could not find the cooperation on which he had counted so greatly prolific had the seed of progressive aspiration become sown as it was by the bab himself in the minds of his compatriots the inanity of his purpose soon became apparent but his failure merely accentuated his hostility trying by a narrow interpretation of the words of the bab to show that the coming of him whom god would manifest was premature he denounced baha'u'llah to the sultan for pursuing a personal object and of fostering against the ottoman government designs imperiling its safety but he simply succeeded in drawing upon himself and his brother the severity of the authorities who up to now had been friendly and the sultan without seeking to know the exact truth of the case decided once more to change the place of residence of the exiles and ordered that baha'u'llah should be imprisoned at akka while subh azal was to be supervised at famagusta in cyprus there it was that the poor ambitious man looked helplessly on the failure of his plans when cyprus fell into the hands of the english he recovered his liberty but the number of his followers did not consequently increase up to the present day pensioned by england which has undertaken the support of the sultan's former prisoner he is no more than the leader of a few hundred conservative bobbies whose influence has never become appreciable in the world end of section seven